Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our online Zoom service held on Sunday, March the 28th, 2021. To join us online or for more information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk. Good morning and welcome to St James's on this Palm Sunday morning. I'm loving all the greenery. I'm Ellie and I'll be leading our service today and Mike Fuller will be reflecting for us a bit later on. So today we're going to start our journey through Holy Week together as we remember the events leading up to Jesus's trial and death. And this morning you're invited to have a palm cross or a bit of greenery or a scarf or a hanky available. So when we get to the moment in the service where we remember Jesus's entry into Jerusalem, you can wave it. So let's have a moment of quiet now before we begin to still ourselves and remember whom we've come to worship this morning. Friend and stranger, welcome, in the name of Jesus. We gather together, putting our trust in the grace and mercy of God. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Imagine, if you will, and you'll have to cast your minds back a year or more, the last time you were part of a large and excited crowd. Maybe it was a sporting event or a rally or a demonstration or a festival, but just take yourself back to that scene, the things that you could hear and see, the way it felt to be surrounded by hundreds of other people. You have in your hands perhaps a placard or a scarf or a palm branch or a flower, and you're getting ready to wave that as the main event is approaching, the thing that everyone's been waiting for. Although some people, to be honest, are not quite sure what it is they're waiting for. And we're getting ready to sing, I'm your rabble rouser, the one that gets the song started off that everyone else joins in. emptied the perfume over Jesus. And we commit to love with the same reckless abandon, ignoring, ignoring convention, convention and cost, and, cost and, and giving all we have. Hosanna. 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 
Today, the one we follow comes on a donkey and we know that we have been called to humility, to give up status and rank and to serve with love. Hosanna! Hosanna! Today, we look around us at the crowd waiting by the roadside. And we see all ages. All genders. All colours, all races. All abilities. Jesus welcomes everyone. With shouts of joy, we welcome everyone. Hosanna. Hosanna. Today Jesus enters Jerusalem and the whole city is stirred and asks, who is this? Today we invite Jesus into our city, our home, our place of work and our community. Hosanna. Hosanna. Today we wave our palm branches and our cloaks. And welcome Jesus into our hearts. Today Today we we are are not afraid. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. God, your light has flooded the world. But we have turned away, preferring darkness. God, you have lifted up your son that we might be forgiven. But we have turned away, preferring self above all else. God, you have offered us eternal life. But we have turned away, preferring earthly pleasure. Forgive us. We do not turn away any longer. We lift our faces to seek your light. We lift our eyes to see your Son. We lift our hearts to live in you forever. Amen. Our Gospel reading this morning comes from uh, John chapter 12, starting at verse 12. Glory to Christ our Saviour. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, Then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. Give thanks to the Lord for his glorious gospel. Praise to Christ our Lord. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I hope you can all hear me okay. I hope, too, that very few of you, like me, forgot that the clocks changed this weekend and are therefore slightly less flustered than I was at the point where I joined this service. All's calm again now, I'm glad to say. This is one of the greatest stories of all time, isn't it? The greatest. The preacher and healer 
acclaimed by the multitudes, welcomed by them with a loud celebration as he enters the great city. The hastily commandeered beast of burden pressed into service as transport. The raucous crowd shouting, waving, spreading clothes and palm branches on the road in front of him. It all makes for an incredibly vivid scene, doesn't it? A scene that appeals very much to our senses. You can easily picture the bright sunlight, the intense colours of the scene. For some reason, I can't imagine that triumphal entry in Jerusalem being on an overcast or rainy day. You can imagine the feel of the heat, the sound of the crowd, the smell of those close city streets. And it's also a story which, as we heard it in our gospel reading this morning, leaves you absolutely on the edge of your seat. What happens next? Even if you didn't know, I think you still have that reaction because this is so clearly a story that doesn't end here. In John's account of this event, we're even told his disciples did not understand these things at first. More was to come. The entry into Jerusalem is the beginning of a build-up to something else, something bigger. There's impetus, there's momentum in this story. We're compelled to ask, what happened next? And of course, we all do know what happens next, don't we? Jesus' entry into Jerusalem sees his story poised at the top of a curve, about to plunge down into the tragic events of Holy Week. Murmurings, betrayals, condemnation. The Last Supper and the foot washing. The garden and the traitor's kiss. The sham trial and the hand washing. The crucifixion, the lots cast over clothes. The cry of desolation, the torn curtain. I need only say a few words, and these events are immediately conjured up for us. So powerfully are they embedded in our consciousnesses. It's a downward curve, exaltation now, to be followed by humiliation and death. But then, as the narrative curve bottoms out with Jesus' death, with the anointing and burial of his body by the grieving women, and as we next Friday and Saturday contemplate their loss and stay in our imaginations with them in their grieving, so the corner is turned and the narrative starts to rise again towards a glorious crescendo, the empty tomb, the figure at first half recognised and then acclaimed as the risen Lord, the conversations with disciples, the fish supper by the lake, the breaking of bread on the road to Emmaus, the glorious ascension to the right hand of the Father. What a breathtaking story it is, and how complete and utter the changes of mood, from celebration and joy, to panic and agony, to mourning and grief, to joy once again. That humiliation is followed by exaltation. 
I'm sure the earliest Christians would have felt these narrative risings and fallings, these emotional mood changes through the passion narrative, every bit as much as we do. And it's striking that the passage from the letter to the Philippians that we heard this morning, which may be itself seen as a kind of meditation on the person and actions of Jesus, reproduces in itself precisely the same kind of fall and rise pattern. That passage leaps out at us from that letter so, so powerfully that many scholars believe it to have been an early hymn to Christ, which St Paul either wrote himself or which he heard elsewhere and incorporated into his letter. Whether or not that's the case, it's a wonderful passage which tells a theological story in parallel to the historical story of the Passion lying at the heart of our faith. It lifts that historical story into an extra dimension. It's a vertical narrative, if you like, regarding the transcendent import of the horizontal historical narrative. Christ Jesus, we're told, was in the form of God, but did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped. So he emptied himself. Here we have the beginning of that downward curve. He took the form of a servant and he was born as a human being. He humbled himself and was obedient, e obedient even to death on a cross. And then the curve begins to rise again. God exalted him and gave him the name above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess his lordship. Exaltation, humiliation, exaltation, that same dynamic that we observe as we move from Palm Sunday to Easter Day. And it's striking, I think, that there's one feature which these two stories, the theological story and the historical story, if you like, have in common. There's a point at which the vertical theological narrative intersects the horizontal historical narrative of Jesus's last days in a cross-like way. And the intersection is, of course, precisely at the point of the cross, the point of Jesus's crucifixion. This is the event that brings together the historical and theological realities of our faith. And it's equally striking, isn't it, that this union of the historical and the theological occurs not at the top, but at the very bottom of that undulating emotional curve of the story. What does that have to say to us? Perhaps most prominently, it tells us there's something paradoxical about the way in which we see God. The divine and the human worlds intersect not in majesty and splendor, but rather at the cross. It follows from this, I think, that we can be closest to God and we can feel his strength and power and wisdom most fully, not when we're in positions of majesty and acclamation, but when we are at our most broken, wretched and humble. And I guess that after this past year, many of us right now are feeling stretched, powerless, wretched. It's often said that in Jesus, we can see humanity at its fullest capacity, such that we can see in him glimpses beyond humankind, 
to the divine. And that divine presence, though, must be there in all aspects of his life, not only in the moments of wit and wisdom, in the healings and the prayerfulness, in the gentle authority, but also in the very worst of moments. Paradoxically, even at that moment when Jesus himself is conscious only of the absence of God, when he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And even in those moments when we can feel only the absence of God, perhaps especially in those moments, God is with us as he was with Jesus in the fullest sense. Palm Sunday then is a high in the gospel narrative. And next Sunday, when we celebrate Jesus' resurrection, we're at another high. But even amid the acclamations of the crowds, there's a reminder of the humility amid the exaltation. This king of Israel rides not on an impressive war horse, but rather on a donkey. This is a king, this is a God who humbled himself and who thereby taught us something about the reality of God, which spectacle and riotous acclamation by themselves can't tell us. A deep valley of the shadow falls between this Sunday and next. But it's a great truth of our Christian faith that it's at the very bottom of that valley where God may be encountered in the fullest, rawest, most visceral kind of way. Perhaps those practical restrictions we're currently under may be enabling rather than constraining for us as we travel alongside Jesus through the events of this Holy Week. As we walk with our Lord over these next seven days, may this be a meaningful journey for us all. Amen. If you have a palm cross or a branch of greenery, I invite you to hold it as we pray together this morning. Loving God, as we step into Holy Week, we remember your triumphant entry into Jerusalem. We sing your praises, shouting Hosanna to the Son of David. You alone are the leader greater than all others. Even so, in your great mercy, you chose to become like us, taking on human form and living among us. As we celebrate and shout Hosanna today, may we remember what will soon follow. Keep us faithful in word and deed and help us to love you always. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. I invite you to feel the roughness of the cross or the branch in your hand or perhaps your, the material of your scarf or whatever you're holding. Merciful God, your world is full of rough places where people are suffering and we pray today for all who are falling ill because of COVID still and, and, or other diseases. For those who are anxious, for their sick loved ones, for those who are impatient to get back to a new normal, 
for those who feel imprisoned in their own homes because of all the regulations of lockdown. For people on furlough who have lost their jobs and now have no purpose in their lives, or so it seems to them. We pray for those whose mental health is compromised by all the limitations in their lives, for those who have no escape from abusive relationships, and for those who are finding no way out of their current situation. We ask that you will smooth the way for these, your children, who are distressed just now. And we continue to hold before you little Elia and her family. And in a moment of silence, we bring before God others on our hearts who need comfort and strength today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank and praise you for all who work in hospitals and care homes, for those who empty our bins and keep our streets clean, for those who deliver our post and drive our buses and trains, for people who make meals and deliver food for the housebound and for those uh, and those whose incomes have vanished and who can't afford to put food in the plate. We praise you for all who volunteer, putting themselves at risk of catching COVID so that others may be helped to live their lives and be treated with respect and care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. I invite you now to look at the, the uh, maybe a, a knobbly bit in your on your branch, or a, a bit of tassel where it's tied onto your scarf, or the central bit of your palm cross, where the front has been folded over. God, our father and mother, we recognise that there are problems that tie us in knots. We thank you that we can bring all the things that we find difficult to you, knowing that you will help us find a way through them. As we are heading for elections now, and month after next, we ask for your help as our politicians start their campaigns in a country that could be on the brink of great change. Help us to discern the best way forward for all and to use our votes wisely. We ask for honesty for all our politicians of all parties, that we will not make empty promises for the sake of getting votes. We also pray for situations where there are two sides fighting for what they each believe is right. We remember all the places where there's war and civil unrest, particularly remember Myanmar, where innocent people are caught up in other people's fighting, where there's no way of living in peace where daily life is a struggle from one day's end to the next, just to survive. We remember too where people of principle cannot or will not see anyone else's point of view when challenged, causing hurt and distress. And we are sorry when this sometimes happens in your church. Holy Spirit, you are the unraveler of life's problems and the bringer of peace. And we ask you to do this for now, us for now, as we bring our naughty problems to you in the silence of our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
whether you have a branch or a palm cross or there's a plant growing near you, remember that this comes from a living thing, a tree or a bush full of sap and life reaching towards the light as it grows. <clears throat> living God, we thank you for our lives, restricted though they are at the moment, in all their ups and downs. We thank you for all the technology that keeps, helps to keep us together as a church family. And we pray for those who find it difficult to join us in this way. Be with them just now and bless them in Jesus' name. We praise you for the vaccines that will help us to get to a new normal and be able to meet up in person again. We pray for the distribution of these vaccines so that everyone worldwide will have the same chance of being immunized. Lord, in your mercy, <clears throat> hear our prayer. We cannot stand together as a group in church this morning and shout Hosanna, but our hearts can still be with you and with each other as we remember that this day was the start of a very long week as you journeyed towards the cross. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. Thank you, Mike, for your reflection and Elspeth for your prayers. Lord God, as we come to share the richness of your table, we cannot forget the rawness of the earth. We cannot take bread and forget those who are hungry. Your world is one world, and we are stewards of its nourishment. Lord, put our prosperity at the service of the poor. We cannot drink and forget those who are thirsty. The ground and the rootless, the earth and its weary people cry out for justice. Lord, put our fullness at the service of the empty. We cannot hear your words of peace and forget our world in crisis and all those who are struggling, afraid and grieving. Show us quickly, Lord, how to reach out in love and compassion to our neighbour near and far. Lord Jesus Christ, gathered in your name, bind ourselves to you and to each other in the tasting of food and drink, symbols of nourishment and sharing. As we break bread, as you did with your friends, help us to recognise you in all people, places, and situations. Amen. Travel in the road of freedom. Who wants to travel the road with me? Fated by noise and branches. people 
wants to travel the road with me Partnered by staunch supporters Who come the dark will turn and flee Nourished by faith and patience Neither of which is plain to see Stay. Earth's mesmerized.